CSS is supported by Cordova Bay Entertainment Group, supporting local music since 1998. With artists like Acres of Lions, David Gogo, Sam Weber, David West, Steph McPherson, and more. Cordova Bay Entertainment Group, celebrating 20 years of local music. Learn more at cordovabay.com. That was one of those deep universal sentiments that Vic said that stuck with me. When you create a song, your song is going to outlive you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to All Access Music Podcast from CFUV 101.9 FM. For listeners who are just joining us, um, this is a music podcast. We talk about concepts, themes around music that um, usually follow more of an anecdotal form. So, you know, we don't just want to know the latest and greatest of what people are doing. We want to know things like what sense of community you can gain by uh, joining a choir or how sound can heal your soul. Right, Chloe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Today, I am here with my handy dandy co host, Chloe. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Good, you? Good, pretty good. Yeah, decent. Who are you? Uh, my name is Chloe. I uh, am a music minor. I go to UVic, I'm an interviewer. And I'm pretty psyched on talking to people about music, so this is a good time. This is right up her alley. Yeah. It worked out well. Chloe's my interviewer-in-chief. Today, we are going to teach you something really exciting. How to write a song in three semi-easy steps. Woo! (laughs) Fun. Okay, so... Last week, we looked at the sound properties of music and the ways in which it could heal you. But the week before that, we taught listeners how to start a band in three steps. Believe it or not, now I have a band and it's all based on the interviews. So if you ever wanted to know how to write a song, you're just going to have to keep listening, really. Who did we interview, first of all? First, we interviewed uh, Catherine Calder from uh, Immaculate Machine and the New Pornographers. Uh, Catherine Calder is described as being a very nice lady. That is a quote from Jen Sivertson. She's also part of Oscar Street Records, which is a record label, and um, one of the great bands that we interviewed, Peach Pyramid records under them who's the next person the next person was Vic Horvath um, and Vic released their uh, their LP West Coast Rain in 2017 which is a absolutely beautiful album and you absolutely must listen to it awesome and last but not least Suze Radashel. Suze Radashel. 
who just released her EP, Sussy. Check it out. She has the voice of a thousand angels. I tell her that every time I see her and I feel like a huge loser because I just fangirl hard, but man, it's good. It's good stuff. Okay, so I'm going to break this down for you guys. How does this episode work? So we interview three people and we ask them the simple question, how do you write a song in three steps? Each interviewee breaks it down and then we take each first step, each second step, and each third step, put them together and create a kind of how-to guide on how to write a song in three steps. So without further ado, (laughs) um... We are going to introduce step one. Woo! My name is Catherine Calder, and I am a uh, singer and a songwriter and a musician. And um, I play in the New Pornographers, and I also have a bunch of uh, solo records out. And um, so I'm going to be talking today about how to write a song in three easy steps. Just three. Um, I thought we'd start with the melody because um, I feel like melody is a little bit tricky because on the surface it is super easy I you know to come up with a melody it's not really so much like melody or no melody it's more like finding a melody that you like and that like and that word like is really tricky because um, I find that uh, you know when people are first starting songwriting I think one of the challenges is that it can be difficult to keep going if you aren't hearing what you want to be hearing in your melody, you know, it can be like discouraging or something. So um, the only real, I feel like real cure for that is to just keep writing, you know, is to just like keep writing as much as you possibly can. And then eventually at some point you're going to hit something that you like and you'll know when you like it because it will be exciting and you'll you'll have this feeling where you're like okay that I really liked that and I liked that more than all of the other stuff that I came up with that I didn't like that was discouraging and so it's just you know like a set of notes that you come up with either you know you sing I mean we all know you know like what a melody is and so um I think the key really for melody is just keep just keep writing as much as you can and um sometimes uh along with melody, um, it's good to have some kind of inspiration, and that's also kind of tricky where to find that, but um, personally, what I do when I'm uh, feeling like I need to inspire myself is I'll try and find like a sound or some kind of something that I like that I can latch onto and then use that to kind of create a melody. You know, like, like it's hard to find something from nothing and so so try and find something to latch onto that you can you know like write to and I was doing this um really cool uh kind of songwriter in the round thing you know a few weeks ago and or last week and um uh one of the songwriters said that she puts on music and then will sing something else over top of it so you're kind of borrowing inspiration from 
other people or from something that you're hearing. And that's totally legit. And uh, people do it all the time and whatever works, you know? So that's the melody. And the other thing about the melody, and it kind of ties into um, lyrics, is that melody will have a rhythm to it as well. So if you're like listening to me speak, everything that I say has a rhythm and the melody and the rhythm are like tied together and and so whatever your melody is the trick is to find lyrics that either fit the melody or to have or to find um, a melody that fits your lyrics whatever way you do it because some people you know like um, one of the uh, singers in the new pornographers, Nico Case, when she's writing songs, she has just like pages and pages and pages of lyrics that she puts music to because she's she really is very good with lyrics and language. And me, I'm like the total opposite. Like lyrics are just impossible. I find them, you know, just like because I, I uh, it's just how my brain works. My brain works in melody and it works... Um, that that happens first for me and then with the melody it will have a rhythm and then I will put you know like I'll try and find words that fit the rhythm so like there's that um that famous Paul McCartney uh you know story about how he wrote yesterday yesterday you know and it's like eggs and ham or whatever it was I can't remember exactly what the what his uh starting point was but he didn't have the word yesterday he just, he had eggs and ham for that yesterday, you know, eggs and ham. It's kind of like this, like, so, so he, I don't even know if that's what it was, but that doesn't matter. But the point is, is that he had like placeholder lyrics and that's what I do a lot is that I'll have a melody and then I will, you know, like have a rhythm within the melody and I just try and, um, I just put whatever words come to mind first like anything at all and then um and then that just kind of keeps the melody within a certain rhythm and then I can then I can hold on to that and then put new lyrics in that I actually care about and that I worked on and not just like the absolute first thing that came to my mind so that's melody I guess <laughs> so that, that, that's step one yes it's a very long-winded step one. Oh, perfect <laughs> read a story from your sleeve you'll tell me everything i need to know turn and thread into a verse we sit and watch the fall and turn to earth quietly as autumn comes the days are getting shorter one by one uh, hi my name is Susie or Seuss. I guess I'm a singer-songwriter in Victoria, BC. I play in a band called Bridal Party and also have a solo project called Sussy going on right now. Um, and yeah, I've been writing songs since I was 10. And I guess like the only way I know how to write them is the way I do. So I put together like a few steps. Like um, They're not chronological because I don't think it has to be. You can sort of like start anywhere and like it kind of helps shape the trajectory of your song. Um, but the first step I'm going to talk about is lyric writing. And the nice thing about lyrics is you can write you can write a song about anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be about something that's happened to you. Um, when I was in grade five, I would write songs in my notebook about boys that I liked 
and everything was written in MSN slang and it's like horribly embarrassing now but I'm so glad I went through that phase at uh age 10 so yeah I, I memorized something for this podcast and my fir- the first line I ever wrote was I've never felt this way about a boy you're the only one I've ever really loved people keep saying you're not good enough for me but I know you're the only one for me um <laughs> yeah but it was not, like moving on so like I've had a lot of experience with just writing songs about like exactly what you're feeling um but then and I remember one time I asked my uncle because he was teaching a, a song on a workshop on songwriting and I was like oh can you even teach a workshop on songwriting I thought it just like came from your head and he looked at me he's like oh you have a lot to learn and um it's true that there's like so many techniques to like fine-tune your your lyrics and um like make them more intentional and uh one time I did attend a workshop on songwriting and I think the best advice they gave me was to um like make everything really specific and like so if you want to write something about somebody you love like don't just say you love them say like how you love them or like how this feeling makes you feel in this certain situation or like what situation generates this feeling when you feel it how you feel it etc etc well when you're approaching content to lyrics now um do you look more out into the world or more introspectively or um I say a bit of both um I find that like a lot of inspiration for lyrics these days comes from just like a friend saying a sentence that like really strikes you or you know you learn a new word in a class you're taking you're like wow that's a really beautiful word and it has so many so much meaning attached to it and then you can kind of use that word to explore like new language and like maybe write a song about um like I don't know a concept like a theme or a concept you learned and then I find it I always realize that it always ends up going back to you because you're the song you're the person writing the song um for example like the song Fruitless um it's like one of Bridal Party songs the first line I wrote from it's called it's Every, everything's funny when your life is a joke and I remember I was just at a party a couple years ago and that was my punchline of the evening and I thought it was so funny anyways <laughs> and so anyways I wrote it down because I liked the, the line and then later on my friend Martha it was like six months later she just her she kept using not in this economy as a punchline to everything I was like that's pretty funny too and so then I wrote a chorus about like I can't love anyone not in this economy about feeling kind of stuck and um like unable to take the step to like activate yourself basically Hello, um, my name is Vic Horvath. I'm a singer-songwriter, um, born and raised in Calgary, Alberta. I live in Victoria, BC right now. I write music, um, primarily folk and roots style. So step one in the songwriting process um, for me, I guess, would be like, well, sometimes I feel as though it can be, these steps can be interchangeable, is something that I'll say. So in regards to step one, maybe it would be taking in 
what's around you um, for inspiration. Um, so that can be, in a sense, what's around you physically, what's around you mentally, what's inside of you, um, and like what feelings you're experiencing. There can be like um, an idea of catharsis, so like an idea of like trying to figure out your own stuff through your artistic expression. Um, or there can be like an idea of expansion, which is kind of taking in ideas that are more of the idea of constant growth rather than the mirror idea and the constant idea of reflection. So I think that, yeah, in terms of inspiration, um, that's why it can get a little confusing because it's like, does the song write itself? <laughs> or do you write it? Um, it's kind of hard to say. But, um, but taking in something, um, and I guess you're the, the turning point there. Um, so the first part would just be kind of like gaining an understanding of a topic, whatever that topic may be, um, and a perspective and kind of choosing it <laughs> and making a choice, you know? Um, that's an important part is just staying with the decision of I've got this thing um, and I wanna create and manifest it into a form that is song. And then the song itself, um, I mean, we can look at like technical aspects of it, but um, in that regard too, it's like, you know, what chords do I want to use? What am I inspired by? These are kind of like the, the questions you're going to be asking yourself if you choose to question yourself at the beginning of a songwriting process. <laughs> and now where do you generally find inspiration for writing your songs? Oh man, I think that it changes for me quite often. Especially, I think, as I'm growing in in experience, personal experience, um, like age, um, attaching to new ideas, letting go of things, learning how to experience um, certain difficult fears, like fear of loss, all different kinds of things like that, um, and finding the inspiration within things that are both amazing and things that are difficult and kind of taking it all in as as a whole. Yeah. Do you have any elements or areas of your life that have particular inspiration? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> inspiration. Yeah, I suppose experience is something that's really cool. Experience or fear of experience. Those two things are really inspiring to me. Um, yeah. You always leave something out, which is really cool because it gives you something to like continue to to grow with and the idea of instead of catharsis expansion and kind of like expanding your ideas past their own potential, like seeing past your own limits. That's the cool thing about, yeah, that is kind of, mm -hmm. so I think that, I think I see inspiration in a lot of places, <laughs> you know. Album Slow Wave by the Velveteens on Fierce Panda Canada. Featuring surf pop jams like All Night Baby, 
Don't You Feel Better, and Midnight Surf. Find it on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you listen. Head to fiercepanda.ca for more info. Something that I thought was interesting about the first steps were two commonalities between two interview interviewees, which was Suze and Vic, which was this idea of metaphor and how powerful it is in music. Um, I don't know. You songwriter over here. Have you ever pulled from a, a good metaphor to write a song? Um, well, I wouldn't really call myself a songwriter, but mm-hmm. I definitely understand how metaphor is super important because, you know, if you think about it, music itself is a metaphor. You know, you're creating sounds that kind of reflect the world around you and what you're feeling. So um, I think it's a very powerful thing. And lyrically, it's also incredibly powerful. Yeah. It's interesting. It's uh, it's Both of them kind of come from a creative standpoint. A good metaphor is like warm laundry. The feeling stays with you long after it's folded. <laughs> That's my addition to the songwriting process. Um... It's interesting, though, that Suze and Vic have that in common. And then Catherine starts with melody. Step one for her, find a melody that you like. I really like the idea of placeholder lyrics, too. She's talking about um, the Beatles song Yesterday and how before they found the lyrics for it, they just sang, like, eggs and ham or beans and ham or mm-hmm. ham and rice or something. Like, just like, da da you know, but they had the rhythm. Yeah. Would you start with uh, with lyrics or would you start with a melody? I don't know. You know, it kind of depends. Like, sometimes I, ha- I like, kind of think of a melody or, like, some type of rhythm. Uh, like, I'm a drummer, so I think of a lot of rhythms in my head and then a melody over top of it. But then sometimes I just have a whole bunch of words in my head and I just write them down and it turns out to sound pretty cool. All right, we're going to move on to step number two from all our lovely interviewees. So step two, I would say you're taking step one, you're taking and assessing your environment, all of that good business. Once you find something to cling on to, then becomes the action, I would say that you have to create some mode of action um, so you can do all kinds of cool things, you know, like how do you inspire yourself? Well, okay, I'm going to grab like five sentences out of a magazine clipping and put them all together and then see how that then can relate to something that's going on. Does that inspire words? Does that inspire poetry? What's the first image that comes into my head? How am I organizing my creative output? So that'll be this kind of like idea of like so you're becoming in the beginning and kind of like yeah you've got this like expression that you're you're working on and then in the middle it's sort of like starting to take form starting to kind of like have that also like it's like a snowball like when you start something and it kind of rolls and starts to gain action um projection i guess like the idea of like projecting one's thoughts into the future which is also a cool thing about songwriting and dangerous <laughs> um but yeah so that would be the action point where you're like well i'm manifesting there you go and then bringing it into form you know you can write out lists all kinds of stuff like that you know like sometimes sometimes i have songwriting that i've done where i go to the same space every day of the week i'll go to the exact same space be it a coffee shop be it a library and 
I'll sit there and I'll examine my own interaction with the space. And then that will be like my, my kind of like what is inspiring and getting in the ideas. Um, but yeah, so that's one example. Again, writing down lists and all of that kind of stuff. I think that finding what fits for you too at that point, you'll like find something that pulls you more so than you pulling out things. Like inspiration is one of those strange things where you don't necessarily have to, like it'll find you, you know? <laughs> At least that's what I find. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of like, you got the beginning part where you're just kind of exploring, then you're like putting things together. So I think that's the second step is putting it all together. When you are putting it together, how do you generally, like is there a certain structure to your songwriting or is it? There's never a generalized structure um, for myself. like. I think that I'm the type of person that once there's a structure in place, I want to tear it down. <laughs> or if like somebody puts pressure on me to be a certain way, I kind of want to push the opposite. Um, and I think that maybe that's just like a good way to gauge like where you're at, you know, someone. Yeah, so for me, it's kind of like if there's a piece of paper that's a certain, like it's a certain size, maybe that's the perfect size for that song. You know, maybe it has the perfect amount of lines, oddly enough, when you finish the song at the end, and it kind of, like, works out that way. I kind of like to, like, allow there to be space for mistake, because I find that in mistakes, I find a lot of my, um, yeah, I find a lot of my inspiration there. How do you approach content when you're writing lyrics? Content. Oof. I, yeah. Um, content. It's really funny, because you know we take in from all kinds of places we've experienced all kinds of things um you know but context it's all in context so it's really fun to create metaphors it's really like strengthening for the brain to see different connections between you know two things that aren't apparently related um but sometimes things just present themselves stories that you kind of like like a story or an image will present itself in in your like in your scope and then you just kind of go from from there you know so i think yeah it's such a hard question because i do feel as though like my songwriting approach is pretty like varied from song to song i don't take the same structured approach so writing about things that are in the outside i mean like yeah it would be cool to like write about like the recording thing that's in the room right now you know it would be really cool to make a song out of that um but it would also be cool to like write about maybe like feelings of i don't know like how it is to be in this space i don't know in west coast rain i'll use that as an example because it gives us a good starting point in west coast rain i wrote about um being a tumbleweed which obviously i'm not a tumbleweed <laughs> um i'm a person um, but yeah, so like seeing that imagery in my mind, like when I was trying to like decipher or put a picture on like how I was feeling was important and having the theme of something like the place I grew up was like a good starting point. Um, and yeah, a good way to kind of source out images in my mind because they are like stuck in your mind. Sometimes you can't get like a certain place out of your mind as a person because you grew up with it. It's like the smell of your first classroom. You know, it's like, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. I'm a tumbleweed. 
My step two is, I guess, chord progression and melody. Um, these are like kind of two different steps, but they're just like the framework behind the lyrics um, for when I write songs. The, the nice thing is like you can fiddle around on your instrument and find a really neat chord progression and then put a vocal melody or like any other melody over that. Or you can um, like come up with a melody when you're riding on your bike or driving in your car and then later on try to come up with a chord progression that fits that. And so, yeah, it really goes either way. Um, it's really fun to experiment with an instrument, even if you don't necessarily know exactly how it works, but just like doing shape, like playing with shapes on the guitar or the piano and then yeah, trying to apply some theory later to make it all make sense. And, um, but yeah, if you, if you do step away from an instrument, it can be a lot less restrictive. And so you can just, it's interesting what your brain comes up with or like what sort of notes and, I don't know, vibes are going through your head at the time. Um, yeah. Uh, the most recent song I wrote is called Creatures of Comparison, and I, I just came up with a melody in my head, and then, uh, like, I didn't really think much of it, and then I figured it I, It was just, like, meant to be an interlude in between two songs, and, yeah, then I, f uh, I came up with some chord progression that went underneath on the piano, um, just by ear, and then it ended up turning out super well. And it's like, it's funny because it's all my friends' favorite one that I wrote, but I feel like I spent the least time on it. Um, and it just kind of, it came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. And I, I find it's easy to get in a progression rut um, or like a melody rut, and you just, you're like, wow, this is the same thing that I wrote last year or something or like a few months ago. And so, yeah, my tricks are just to go, you know, Google, like, three cool jazz chords or something, and you just learn them, and you don't exactly make a progression out of that, but then that can, like, spark some creative, I don't know, get the ball rolling creatively. Do you write for um, or compose for multiple instruments? Yeah, I do guitar and piano mostly. I used to, yeah, I learned guitar four years ago, and now that's my primary one, but I, I still try to write songs on the piano because I find the sound that comes out is just a lot different or, like, the general vibe of the song. Um, yeah, my, my friend Owen always tells me to... Like, even if you do come up with a melody, like, um, maybe it doesn't have to be just for the guitar and the, or the piano. Like, it's like, why don't you just make that a bass melody or a, like, any melody you come up, could come up with could be not necessarily just for what you're familiar with, but it could be, like, for an instrument that you don't necessarily know much about, which is kind of cool and, like, expands your repertoire a bit without you even really knowing. Um... But yeah, mostly guitar and piano, just because it's what's familiar to me. And how do you uh, find writing lyrics as to music? Uh, my favorite 
part of a song, I think, is to write the lyrics. Um, I think because I've been doing it for the longest. But yeah, it all, like one can't really exist without the other if you're, well, it totally can, but they just become different things, right? But for the style of music that I make, one can't exist without the other. And it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of, they do, they end up just complementing each other if they're meant to be together, if that makes any sense, kind of. Um, and you have, say if you have like, like wow, these lyrics are really cool, and then you ha you want to put them over a certain chord progression, or you like, if you didn't write them simultaneously, you often have to sacrifice some of each to like make them fit as like a fluid duo. I found I was getting kind of into jazz chords and jazz progressions and then it's I found it was easy to try to make things too complex or like because you're afraid of it being boring or you're like oh let's just add all these things and then it it's always dissonant and isn't necessarily like the most easy listening song but and that's great and has its assets but it's also I think important to like see the beauty and simplicity and like know how to create something from like a really simple framework and like still make it really excellent The second one would be put putting music. Let's say you had a melody and um, you were looking to put it to music. So uh, a great option is if you already know how to play an instrument, which implies, you know, kind of like a few years of probably of, you know, studying an instrument. And um, not necessarily, doesn't have to be a few years, but uh, it certainly um, makes things a little bit easier if you kind of already know a little bit your way around an instrument, but it is definitely by no means a requirement. So um, it just gives you like a few more options of things you can like use to come up with something. So um, yeah, like I guess when you're thinking about what kind of music you want to go under your melody, you're thinking about, well, what is my song about? if you know what it's about yet, because often I don't, you know, often I will write something and I will know later what it's about, but I'll just have this kind of feeling that I'm expressing in some way. And then only later do I realize that, oh, this is what this is about. But I, but you do have this feeling. So let's say you've got a melody and you're excited about it and you're thinking, okay, what kind of music do I want to go under this melody? Um, you're thinking, well, is the, what is my feeling? And do I want this to be a slow song or do I want this to be a fast song? Let's start really like kind of basic there with rhythm. Um, do I want it to be um, like if, if usually if you have something in a minor key, it evokes something maybe a little bit more melancholic or sad. Or, um, you know, if you have something in a major key, you know, you could do like um, if you know Crosby, Stills, and Nash, they have a lot of very sad songs written in very happy keys. So you can like, you know, you can play around with that a little bit. Um, 
putting and I do that kind of a lot because I like the uh, I like just having it be a little bit unpredictable maybe people you know like you can get more layers out of a song if the lyrics are maybe um, you know a juxtapose of what what the instruments are doing so there's that option um, there are chords like a minor seventh chord and if you're say you play a B minor seventh see if you and if you know about music you might know what that is and if you don't that's totally fine but what a B minor seventh does is it kind of makes it not clear whether it's a major or a minor there's like a little bit it has a little bit of like a it has a bit of a major slash minor feel which means it's neither really happy or sad it's kind of more versatile it's kind of somewhere in between so if 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 you if you play like if you play a d major chord let's say in the d major maybe i'm getting too technical possibly but if you play a d major and you're like that's too happy that's not really the right chord and you think okay well a close it has a similar notes as a b minor so that would be if you wanted something kind of more sad. But if you want something in the middle, you do a combination of the two. I've used this before, and then you get a B minor seventh. And it has a lot of the same notes as the D major, a lot of the same notes as a B minor, but it sounds not quite happy, not quite sad. That That's all. And so you have these like choices of things you can put under your song to make it. Or you could do, you know, like say you have a melody, you should just try different chords under the melody and see and see what sounds the m most appealing to you because sometimes just a simple change of a chord will change how the melody sounds and then you have a totally different part of the song so anyway that those are that is uh <laughs> possibly complicated but possibly not i don't know really depends on where people are coming from when they're listening to this So the news comes away. Okay, so I'm just going to do a little wrap-up here. Vic, step two, taking action, bringing it into form. Sue says chord progression and melody, and Catherine says put it to music of some kind. They're all kind of talking about, like, making it, you know, like creating a form of some sort, whether that be putting it into music or le legitimately creating a form. And I find that interesting how... Um, you know, everyone's step one was a little more abstract in in, in comparison to um, step two because um, it's about creating a bit more of a structure. Totally, yeah. But when it comes to step two, everyone's on the same idea that it takes what you, what you first created, whether it's a sound or a word, and bringing it into, I don't know if you would consider a song tangible, but like a real form. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to step three. So step three, I would say, is kind of like the chopping block. <laughs> um, it's like when you're getting ready um, to, to say it's finished, when you're ready to say it's finished. Um, 
which is a terrifying concept for a lot of folks and for other folks it's like the easiest part of it is like maybe some people they find it's the hardest to begin something some people find it the hardest to end things so I think yeah when when finishing something up it's kind of like so you've got your form and your structure you're going through and you're finalizing and and editing um, you're going through and checking to see if there's anything you've forgotten or missed. Sometimes there's like a new perspective that blossoms out of like the final phase of songwriting where you can kind of take a step back, take a breath, whether that be like a day later or three years later. It can be like a an adding a new perspective and then there you go, you've got something. But I think that for myself, the consensus is at least that when it's done, I have a feeling that it's done. I just, you know, it's kind of like when I'm ready to walk out my door in the morning because I've got my keys and everything in my pockets. It's like the same thing, sort of, yeah. When it's time to go, it's time to go. And yeah, the conclusion is also, I think it's important to just like not um, be too hard on yourself because I think, yeah, when you're ready to present a song, people can be very critical. Um, the world can be critical and you can also be your own worst critic but just like also realizing that that critic existed in the initial phase of your songwriting can kind of help you keep that snowball going of continuing the process of writing but yeah so it is kind of like a cycle through i think a lot of the time so what uh elements of your life or areas of whether it be like internally or externally in the world like mm -hmm. where you find inspiration that is best for writing or composing yeah i mean i guess experience experience is something that's really cool experience or fear of experience those two things are really inspiring to me um yeah because the cool thing too is like i said in the editing process like you always leave something out which is really cool because it gives you something to like continue to to grow with and the idea of instead of catharsis expansion and kind of like expanding your ideas past their own potential like seeing past your own limits that's the cool thing about yeah that is kind of mm -hmm. so i think that i think i see inspiration in a lot of places <laughs> you know yeah do you have a, an example of one or mm. i mean sitting down with people and talking over coffee is great you know um you using using um methods of advice from people or methods of thinking about philosophy talking to somebody about philosophy it's a great inspiration for songwriting you know because it takes you out of like your idea of problem solving which is yeah i've talked to lots of folks about songwriting and it's inspired philosophy or vice versa <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, so, so we did melody, finding a melody you like, putting it to music, music that you like, and step three is lyrics. And um, so lyrics is, I, like I said earlier, I find tricky. Um, and, but the main, the main thing that you wanna try and do with lyrics 
and I sort of touched on this a little bit earlier, but you want your lyrics to have good flow. And so what that means is that it fits with the melody in a way like they were meant to be together and not that you're trying to cram in lyrics that don't fit the melody, that you're not trying to like extend words in kind of an awkward way in order to make your lyrics fit. Everything kind of fits in with exactly the way that it should fit within the melody. And that is easier said than done because um, there's all kinds of other considerations like rhyming. You know, if you want your song, <laughs> you want, you know, parts to rhyme and there are only certain, and you want also want your meaning to stay the same, then it can be tricky to find a, a way to say what you want to say while using the words that need to be used in order to make it rhyme with the previous line. That is kind of a tricky, that's a kind of tricky thing to balance. So you can either do one of two things, you can not rhyme, or you can change the meaning a little bit to make it rhyme, or you can be a total genius and find a way to say what you're trying to say while rhyming. And um, uh, yeah, I, I guess um, how I write lyrics, is um, I kind of write it in tandem with a melody, like I was saying earlier. So I'll have this kind of, this melody that I'll be usually on the guitar, maybe the piano, or maybe I'll have some kind of like sound going on because um, I sometimes write while recording, which is also a very useful tool if you, um, you know, can do that. Um, and so I will have, yeah, like placeholder lyrics that I, put in with the melody and that's very and then I'll, I'll go back and I'll kind of refine it and refine it and refine it until it says something that I am happy with either what I originally intended or I don't really care if it you know is what I originally intended but this works great and I really like it or if I'm proud of a particular line but it it didn't fit where I thought it would then I move it you know to somewhere else these are all like tricks like I think um I do a lot of chopping up and moving around, and um, and actually so does uh, Carl, the songwriter in The New Pornographers. He is kind of amazing to watch work because um, I – and I took a lot of um, ideas from him because he, he will write a song, and the lyrics are absolutely subject to change at any time, you know, and he'll we'll, – we'll sing on them and um, – we'll have this song and then he'll go in and he'll change the lyrics and either we'll sing them again or or he'll cut out the whole part of the song and to put in a new part you know and then we sing over that and it kind of is just like this this morphing constantly morphing song over the course of the recording so that by the time the finished product you get the finished song with the finished lyrics it you know has very little to do with the original song there's there will be parts that are kind of the like the essence of the song that has remained but you know all the other parts over top of it he just you know eventually he'll say yeah you know what I've heard that and I've heard that for two weeks and I actually just don't like that part anymore and it'll be gone and then you know so like I think there's like a certain element of um you just kind of like massage it <laughs> you like kind of work with the song and like you know you just make these little tiny 
changes over the course of when you're writing the song and you know you come up with your song I Yeah, the last step is, I would say, collaborate, because, like, as a, you know, you can figure a lot of things out on yourself, but it, there are limits, and I found, even though it's hard to collaborate, or, like, it's just, like, outside of your, com personally, it's outside of my comfort zone sometimes to, like, work with other people, and it's really intimidating, because you're giving these ideas and be, being very vulnerable and it's just kind of it's almost embarrassing like you just end up I find myself blushing a lot when you're collaborating with people about music um but it's so cool to learn with and from other people um I found in in Bridal Party uh I've like so much of my sound is because I play music with these four people all the time and you learn you're like, oh, what did he do there? And they show you, and then it just becomes like more of a a trick for yourself too. And then it, it totally influences my own songwriting. Um, yeah, and also people point out things that might not sound good that you are just like too stubborn to let go. And they're like, hey, that actually could be better. And at first you're like, no, this is how it is. And then, uh, but after a while, if you just like think about it, you're like, wow, it's just like I'm just getting this nice objective opinion from other people and it like helps you grow. Yeah. How do you find writing and collaborating, like the writing composing process with others as opposed to just doing it by yourself? Um, it has its own challenges. Like when you're by yourself, you get to decide you have like total control o over the, the final output or... Um, and that in itself is pretty satisfying because you can just like, you're like, I like that sound, let's go with that. And, um, but collaborating with other people just turns it into something completely different that you couldn't really do on your own. Um, but yeah, it does have its own challenges. It's just like making decisions on how a song is going to be just takes a little longer than it would if it, you were by yourself, I find. And... Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to express exactly what you want or what you are suggesting because in your head you know, but if you're trying to explain, it's like ends up being like, okay, how about we do na 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 la la na na, and people look at you, they're like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been really rewarding collaborating with people like Joe and I write lyrics uh, together, which is really cool. And like, yeah, it's an excellent experience. You just kind of have to put your, like, part of yourself at the door or like leave any negative thoughts at the door and just be open to something coming out of nothing. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing that kind of ties into this is demoing. It's like, um, I we never used to demo I never used to demo but lately I've started and it's like okay you have like a really rudimentary idea and you just record it and then you can hear what else could go on top of that um, as opposed to just doing it by memory or I don't know it's just like 
with now that we have the technology or like we have for a long time but we do have the technology to record something then hear it back right away and then record and like layer 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 and it's such a neat way of like seeing holes or like seeing where sections are too busy and it's also a really cool way of like experimenting with other instruments or like other elements of a song that you wouldn't necessarily do on your own in your living room like I'll usually pick up my guitar but if I'm demoing things then I can like try to add drum samples or like do a bass line on a keyboard or like yeah I don't know I think that's a good trick <laughs> Okay, so back for step three. Hello, here we are. We didn't go anywhere. Hope you enjoyed those three steps. Um, the final steps. Now you're on your way. You can go do it. You can do anything now. You're going to be famous. Might as well just stop listening. Just kidding. Okay, so Vic says something that kind of sticks um, with me, which is knowing when to say it's over and letting it be, which as a writer, I find incredibly true when do you stop editing something and just consider it art? When is it like full or done or complete? Does that translate into drum playing or? Um, well, I, I, I more relate it into, um, it's almost comparable to emotions. You know, if you're feeling a really intense emotion and you kind of, you get to a point where you're like, you need to release it. Totally. It, it, or it, it can really reflect on anything in your life when it's time to acknowledge this is the thing that is over. This is a thing I've created and it's done. And um, I think that that's a really powerful thing. And, you know, I've, almost everything Vic said was a metaphor, I feel. And I feel like um, Vic's last step was a metaphor to life. Totally. <laughs> no, Vic's whole speech pattern is a metaphor to life. Thank you, Vic. You inspired us deeply. Um from the outside. I really like what Suze had to say too though. Suze is talking about collaborating. Yeah, I really liked that too. I think that's really important. I think that's actually something I just learned, which is to share your art with people. And it's extremely hard. And when she's talking about that in terms of songwriting, um, I have felt that way about so many things. <laughs> in my life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Not only is it vulnerable to um, share your process and your um, creativity, but to be susceptible to other people's. And, you know, you learn so much from who you interact with. And especially when you're creating art, when you're creating art with others, it, it's, you, it's a very great learning experience. Agreed. And Catherine's last step was lyrics on how to write a song. Yeah, that's kind of interesting how that's her final step. Yeah. But, um, you know, everyone has their own process. And I think that, you know, if um, music, you pick up on music more than lyrics, then that's definitely a valid process. Totally. And when I started this, I like to tell stories. I like to talk to people. And I like to listen to music. But when I first posed the idea of how to write a song in three steps, my immediate interpretation of that was words. How do you how do you choose the words on the page? But writing a song isn't about words. And that was really enlightening to me. It's like, yeah, the lyrics are actually the last part. 
is it in a minor key? Is it in a major key? Like what kind of mood are we talking about here? What's the chord progressions? All that comes first. Super interesting. Mm. I hope everyone feels super enlightened now. I know I do. Okay, so thank you, Chloe, for being my co-host and talking about this. And thank you also for being my interviewer. And thank you to my interviewees, Susie Radashel, Catherine Calder, and Vic Horvath for sharing your opinions, thoughts, and processes. Processes. Shout out to Kevin Hammond, my editor. All the uh, music you've heard is part of the new pornographers, Vic Horvath, Suze Radashel from her latest EP, Sussy. Um, so if you liked anything you heard, check it out. We'll be back next week to talk about DIY spaces in Victoria. You'll have to stay tuned if you want to find out more. Uh-huh. Adios. <laughs> All Access is made possible with the generous support of Cordova Bay Records and the Community Radio Fund of Canada. Get stoked for the new single, Heard It All Before, from Vancouver rock and rollers Ben Sinister, out March 16th on Cordova Bay Records. Visit cordovabay.com to pre-save on Spotify Plus and see more of our upcoming releases, including local blues keyboardist David Vest's self-titled LP, out April 6th. Cordova Bay Records, celebrating 20 years of local music.